Hello everybody, welcome back to the SideQuest podcast. My name is Luke. And I'm BJ. And uh, it's it's been a hectic fucking few days for me. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks now. Well, we so we put an episode out, was it last, uh, like Tuesday or last whatever. I we, don't even remember There is an episode that was out. Um, which because of like scheduling and, and, you know, BJ was out of town, a bunch of stuff. And it was like, all right. So we just said, all right, we'll do one later. Um, and then later came and more shit happened. Yeah. So later came and, uh, me and my roommate are being told to get out of the fucking apartment. Now, granted we had a month to, to know this. We just didn't know for most of the month. And so we're which like, which is oh. absolute bullshit. Yeah, so we, we, the email was sent on May 5th, we did not know because the email, I guess, was sent to, like, one of the shit folders of the email, so it's, like, junk or one of the other ones, Yeah, and uh, so my roommate didn't see it. It would have been nice to get a physical Physical letter, letter or a phone call, like, enough, like make sure we know, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so, when Tuesday hit, or Wednesday, sorry, because I learned Tuesday night, Wednesday hit. We were going to record our podcast on Wednesday, and I told BJ, hey, uh, we're going to have to postpone said podcast because I'm being told I have to leave this apartment. And, uh, yeah, it's been a very stressful, like, three days for me. Yeah, I was like, where does this bitch live in the apartment complex? I was ready to do some crimes. Like, so, yeah, so that's been my whole thing, and uh, I haven't, I've literally just been so stressed the past few days, and it sucks, too, because I literally asked, which, granted, it worked out, I asked off the 1st or the 8th from work. You I, For I, your birthday, though. Yes, but, like, I would have rather this happen on days off, instead of me having to tell my boss, like, last minute, like, hey, by the way, I'm being told to get out of my apartment, I need these three days. Yeah. Like, I can't work. Um... But I'm using some paid vacation, so I'm getting paid for 20 hours because I already worked like 18 this week. So that's good. Good for me. Um, I don't think I get tips with that check though, so that's a bit because I'm not there. But it, I'm still getting it's paid. Still better than not getting paid for the week. Yeah. So um, yeah. So that's that's been this uh, this week for me. <laughs> um, before that, before all the hectic crazy shit, uh, I've mainly just kind of been playing whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching stuff, you know, watch Star Wars, did a whole bunch of, th- yeah, there's a lot to talk about this week. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, how has your week been, BJ? Uh, it was good. I went and house sat for Devaney and Paul while they were out of town in Florida. And, um, I was so soul crushingly alone the whole time. Uh, so Luke would hit the group chat and be like, Hey, does anybody want to play Fortnite tonight? And I'd be like, yes, yes, please. <laughs> Any human interaction. Um, so we played a, quite a bit of Fortnite, and, uh... I think this is one of the first times that I've, like, completed a battle pass since the new star system. Yeah. We've played a lot. I'm hyped for the new stuff. Hopefully I can get in tomorrow at a good time so I can play the event. Uh, is it tomorrow? Yeah. Okay, good, because the last couple have been on, uh, Sundays, and I've had to miss them, so... Hopefully I'll be able to play that, too. Um, I got to level 215 in the battle pass, so... Even 15 more levels than anything I would have needed. Um, I, I really like no builds, and I'm glad that it's sticking around. I really hope the next season is like pretty easily differentiated from this season. Um, but yeah, love that shit. The new Obi-Wan skin looks dope in there. It's uh, honestly a solid skin. Yeah. It's very weird to see Obi-Wan do the gritty, though. 
Yeah, my biggest thing with their Star Wars skins is no one is allowed to have a lightsaber as a pickaxe because, oh, we put those in every once in a while. But it's like, fuck you. Let me use Obi-Wan's lightsaber instead of this gay little meat knife that he has. To be fair, I like how he uses it. He'll flip it to another hand. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. And it's his meat knife in the show. But yeah, you know what you mean. That's true. But like, I... Fuck off. Give me the lightsabers. I am hoping that with the Darth Vader skin, they just say, fuck it. They goddamn better. It, it, it His pickaxe... Because, like, there's nothing else the pickaxe could be. Mm-hmm. He has one weapon. Lightsaber. And they didn't use his lightsaber as an item. So I think there's a chance. I'm hoping. Yeah. Whatever the next trailer is. Because I think the season ends, what, this weekend? Yeah. Isn't that the whole event is the collision event it's thing? The, it, they'll do that. That's the end of the season. And then at the end of tomorrow, it'll go offline for like a day or two. And then when it starts back up, it'll be new season. I will thankfully be here like off to play it. So yeah, me too. That's, I will. That's going to be good. I'll at least be able to play the season. I don't think I'll be able to play the event depending on when I get out of here. Yeah. But I, I really so. like it when they do events like that. Like uh, we did, me and Bree did the Ariana concert that they did. And that was super fun. Um, so anything like that that they do, I really enjoy. Uh, but I played a lot of Fortnite, uh, with you guys mostly. Uh, I went to the Renaissance Fair with Matt, Carmen, and a couple of their friends, and Kevin. Was it fun? It was really cool. Um, I... Did you eat mutton? I didn't. I didn't have any money. (laughs) So, I just kind of went for the vibes. (laughs) But, uh, it was super fun going with them. I, I was expecting to get my ass burnt off, because I was like, oh, it's a Renaissance Fair. It'll be in the sun at the fairgrounds or something. But, like, the way that they have it set up here, it's mostly, like, in the woods. Mm -hmm. So it feels like a Nottingham sort of thing. It's really cool. Um, We watched the jousting. Uh, There was a guy, like, juggling knives that was super dope. Um, Overall, really good time. While I was at Devonies, I picked up Lego Star Wars because I was like, I need something to do when they're not able to get on Fortnite. And uh, I've been playing the shit out of that, too. I really love that game. Um... Back when I was a kid, I used to play the Complete Saga or whatever they call it on DS a lot, mm. and I would go through and, like, there was a point where I had unlocked every single character, um, and I'm really trying to do that with this one, too. Um, and it's just fun trying to do all that stuff. Like, it hasn't gotten old at all. Um, so I, I highly recommend LEGO Star Wars. And uh, right now, it's Gay Pride Month, um, and I saw Naughty Dog change their... Uh, profile picture to the rainbow one and that got me thinking like naughty dog is the only company that i really believe is justified in doing this and uh i'll give it to don't nod life is strange tell me why i yeah i guess so i I don't know the name of that studio speaking of them uh tell me why is free right now so i think if you want to play that game which is pretty good in like a kind of choice-based narrative like telltale-esque like life is strange they put uh about... true colors on uh game pass too oh it is yeah i might actually give it a shot then because like true colors seems like see it telltale and a lot of those type of games like until dawn like all these like it's it's a walking like and you know what i mean it's an it's a it's interactive a story interactive story yeah I'm not the biggest fan of those, but, you know, if the story's good enough, I can sit through. I vastly prefer that sort of thing to a visual novel. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so true. So I'm going to play through that one soon. But uh, that really got me thinking about The Last of Us, and I was like, you know, when was the last time I played through The Last of Us 2? 
Um, and I realized that it was around the time that it came out. So I popped that in, started replaying it. Um, I played through all of Ellie's section of the story. And then uh, I just got to the part where you're Abby on day one. And I fucking love this game. Like, everything that I felt about it when it came out has kind of been amplified mm. since then. Um, it's a fucking masterpiece as far as the visuals go. Oh, it is one of the best PS5 or 4 games. I'll say 5. <laughs> the fact that you say 5 and it still yeah. fits. Like, yeah, like, it's it still looks breathtaking. Yeah, like, even just in the environmental work, like, no one can do that, in my opinion. Um, my one of my favorite sections of the game is when you split up with Jesse and he's like, I'm gonna go save Tommy, you go get your fucking revenge or whatever. And uh, Ellie gets in the boat and you're just boating through a flooded Seattle. That is the coolest shit. But um, yeah, I all my gripes with the story, which I can't even remember anymore, like, I, I just unequivocally love it now. Um, my gripes are still the same, which granted, again, I haven't played since launch either, mm-hmm. but it's, my gripes have kind of stayed the same. Just like the story as it, like the story is great. I don't like in the way it is told. That's, yeah. that's my one, gri- like, again, the only gripe I have of that game is that everything else, the characters are stellar. <laughs> the combat, it feels visceral and fucking violent yeah uh ellie will kill a guy and call him a cunt oh it's so oh my gosh it's so good and then like i'm hoping like so in the case of the last of us remaster Mm -hmm. i'm hoping that's all they do is make it look like two and play like two but keep that damn story the same that's what i'm expecting because i swear to god if there's any changes to that story i will be upset because like last of us to me like that's why, like, again, the, the the slight problems... Like, to me, both Last of Us 1 and 2 are, like, 10s. Uh, I just consider Last of Us 1 perfect. Yeah. Whereas Last of Us 2 is a 10 with some, like... I have a little bit of an issue, but it's not, like, an issue that's going to knock it down a point. Yeah. Whereas, to me, Last of Us 1 is perfect. And if they come in and give it the ga- the gameplay and the, and the uh, graphic graphical upgrade of 2, then you just made it better. Yeah. Because you made it, like, modern and, like, fixed, you know, how it is old. And, uh... In quotations. One thing about this game that I've noticed that I don't think was there at launch. I might have just been an idiot and missed it. But there's an extras section mm-hmm. where uh, you can unlock, like, video filters for the game. That doesn't really interest me too much. But there's a thing where you can get cheats. Ooh. Which is um, very reminiscent of, like, the Jack and Daxter days. But these cheats are, like, game-breaking shit. <laughs> And you have to get points through playing the game to get them. And I'm one point away from unlocking one of the gameplay modifiers. Oh, yeah. But it's like infinite ammo, infinite oh, crafting fuck. stuff. Oh, that's good. Like uh, That'd be really good for like a second playthrough like or just to kind of fuck around. Yeah, I, I, uh, I also have a friend, Trevor, who has always wanted to play these games, but he's always just had Xbox. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to unlock like infinite ammo and like maybe the one hit kill. So we can just play through them all in like a day. Yeah. Um, did they ever release an expansion for two like no. they did with the first game? That's really um, shocking. To well, me. because their main thing was doing the factions multiplayer. And it was going to be that was going to be the add on. But then it became we're just going to do factions as its own thing. That's true. But then there was also the, the story DLC. What was it called? Left Behind for the first Left one. Left Behind. Yeah. 
I wanted to say nothing left to say, but that's one of the achievements. I love, by the way, people got pissy at Ellie being gay in, in the two trailer, and I'm like, none of y'all played that Left Behind DLC. Exactly. None, like, that shows to me, none of y'all played that shit. Mm-hmm. Fake fan, motherfucker. Honestly. And, but, like, dude, it's it's such a well-made game. Like, we, we both griped as hell about, like, it, won it winning in sweeping the Game Awards. Yeah, but, like... It's one of the things where, like, I definitely understand. Like, yeah. we still were bitchy about it just because they were like, yeah, but this game also exists. I think that's this kind of the also, thing yeah. with the Game Awards is, like, games will get the recognition they deserve, but then that kind of sweeps other things that also deserve recognition under the rug, you know? Like, we, our, our prediction is Elden Ring is going to sweep. Uh, and I'm, I'm fine with that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah, no, dude, Last of Us 2 is good. Yeah, uh, I did that. The uh, the Pokemon trailer came out. I think we both watched that, right? Yeah. That, uh, I'm very excited for that. I'm more excited than I was for Sword and Shield. I have about the same level of hype as Arceus when that came out, so I'm glad Pokemon isn't complete dog shit anymore. Um, the, I saw a tweet, and it made me like actually like go, yeah, this looks like what... Uh, the first Pokemon game on Switch should have looked like. Like, this should have been the launch title, like, Switch game for Pokemon. And it, the fact that it took us four games to get here, five, technically, Yeah. it's like, ah, okay. But at the same time, like, you know, I think Pokemon fans kind of take what they can get. Yeah, and I'm a lot of Pokemon fans really don't care about the kind of shit that we care about. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's whatever. But, uh, yeah, I'm super excited. And then uh, while I was at Devonies, two shows came out on the same day. Uh, Stranger Things and Obi-Wan, which I think we'll save to talk about later in the episode. Stranger Things I have not watched, so... Yeah, I'll... I'm probably waiting for Volume 2 to launch and just binge it. I don't have Netflix, so I just had to binge it all at their house. So I'll give some thoughts on it. Like, um... I, I actually have one question, and, you know, shout out to Pride Month. How have they dealt with both Robin being a lesbian and then is it will probably being gay yeah will probably being gay is the thing because it's they're alluding to it more now like him and mike is like what he wants um so but like i think he's kind of realizing is he realizing that mike loves 11 i mean or is it one right of the th- now 11 and mike are kind of in a fight because it's like all your letters, you never say love Mike. It's always from Mike. You don't love me and all this stuff, which I think is probably just 11 overlooking into it because she's I mean, in she's, a new environment. Well, and new environment and also <coughs> she's not the most socially, you know, Well, well yeah, person. she was kept in a <laughs> yeah. prison until she was like 10. Yeah, so like it for her, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I like their little relationship stuff, trying to figure everything out together. I think mm. that's really sweet. Um, Robin is still one of my favorite characters in the season. I've heard the the friendship between her and Nancy, like the, them being like the like detective like yeah. duo, is like sick as fuck. It, it's really cool, and um, I've talked about this scene to everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> because I love Silence of the Lambs so much. But um, there's a scene where they have to go to an asylum to talk to this serial killer because the thing that happened to this guy, what he told like the psychiatrist and everything is exactly what happened to the people that are getting like sucked into the upside down now. So they're like, okay, we need to go find this guy. They talk to someone that was like living nearby him and they call him the Michael Myers of Hawkins. 
And I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Let's go. So they get to the asylum. It's, uh, it's Nancy and Robin and they like talk their way in there. And then they take them down into the basement where they're like held. And the guy's like dragging his baton across the bars. And it's basically a shot for shot remake of the scene where they first meet Hannibal. Nice. In um, Silence of the Lambs. So there's a lot of good horror stuff. Uh, a lot of the new characters are really cool. I the, really love the one Eddie. that everybody seems to love is the D and D guy. Yeah, Eddie. Eddie he, seems to be like the the fan favorite for this season. He's a phenomenal actor, and I I really feel like a kinship with him because he's like a metalhead with the battle vest and everything. But like he also has moments where he's like really sweet and like heartfelt. Um, really fucking nice guy. Uh, him and Steve interacting is like one of my favorite things this season. Is it like full on? You look at him and go, "Fuck yeah, best friends for life." Die like, or what is? It's they literally have that same energy of like Will Smith and uh, in Bad Boys. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> but like they have a conversation where Eddie's like, "Yeah, you know, I really didn't want to like you. Like you're Mr. Perfect, Steve Harrington. I really expected you to be a huge asshole, and it really kind of like pisses me off that you're the nicest guy ever." And that really hit me because um, I have relationships where I go into it and I'm like, oh, look at this ritzy asshole. And then it's just the nicest fucking guy ever. Um, I, I love I love that because we saw Steve at his worst. Yeah. And so we've got to see Steve evolve. And now we get to see it. It sounds cool to, to like, oh, we get to see it from someone else's perspective. They're like, oh. You're not the Mr. Perfect jock dude who's an asshole. And meanwhile, in Steve's head, he's like, well, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. But like, even in season one, you saw that progression in Steve and it's like, okay, he's not fully there yet, but he knows, we all know that he's trying to the, be better. The video I've seen on YouTube so many times is Steve being the mom of the group for like 10 minutes straight. Yeah. I will put that on because it's just Steve being the nicest dude possible. And it, it's really funny in this one because he's like, I'm always the fucking babysitter. And then like, uh, <laughs> and then Max gives him like a letter and then he just looks so happy and elated. And I'm like, of course you're the babysitter. You love it. You fucking liar. He, he's going to be the greatest dad. Oh yeah. Like, and that's, that's what I love. Our, so I guess without super, well, I mean, okay. It's slight stranger things for spoilers. If you don't want that spoiled, you know, like, uh, sorry, like kind of skip, skim through this part. We'll be done in a bit, but, um, I'm cool with it getting spoiled uh, for me because, like, I'm going to binge it all. And I, I'm more of the guy who likes the journey yeah. than the destination shit. How do they end with this season of it's like, okay. Because I know this one was, like, because... I'll just Will, give you Will's kind of a family, basic plot. Well, because I know Will's family left. So Jonathan right. and Nancy kind of broke up. Well, they're, they're still kind of. kind of together. Okay. But Jonathan was supposed to go with Mike to visit Nancy. Mm. Um, or actually... No, uh, Nancy was supposed to go with Mike. Nancy was supposed to go with Visit, Mike, yeah. and she didn't go because uh, he was supposed to go there. there. Him and Mike were basically supposed to swap places for the week, okay. and he ended up not going. Um, and it's kind of because of his own insecurity. Like he he didn't get into the school he wanted to go to. Um, his car is broken down, and he doesn't know how to fix it. So it's kind of just sitting in the driveway. He's kind of become like a stoner kind of outcast kid um while nancy is still very heavily like into the journalism thing she's leading the yearbook club um school paper all that stuff i'm kind of i because yeah from what i've seen is people really like nancy's character growth yeah of uh, where she went from just kind of like you know oh i like the hot guy in school yeah to she kind of went bitch. from uh, like popular stereotype to like a very multifaceted character 
Um, and now they're kind of being like, okay, well, Jonathan isn't putting in the effort here, but do you know who is here for Nancy? Fucking Steve Dave. Harrington. So there, there's a lot of like cute scenes between them where Robin's like, you know, you and Steve kind of had like a thing there. He's he's like really nice now. <laughs> so Robin's just basically trying to get Steve some pussy. I love. Okay, that was another question. Robin and Steve's friendship is it fucking it, top tier? It's top tier shit. Yes! Like they're. They they drive to school together every day. They're like talking about their relationship problems. Cause I I look I I can't really understand a lot of like LGBTQ problems because I'm not. I haven't had that identity issue. I haven't had the thing of like figuring out who I am. But even I felt that scene in season three where Robin is coming out to Steve. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. And it it's it's really sweet because I'm glad to see that they're like best friends yeah it's so good and they're they're still working at the video store together all their conversations are really nice um there's one scene where they're driving to school together and steve is like you know you should really like try to talk to this girl some more and then robin's like you know it's easy for you because you like you pick the wrong girl and then it's fine you just move on to the other one i picked the wrong girl and i'm like the town pariah and then steve's like but she returned this movie paused at this exact time because there's <laughs> boobies in it <laughs> <laughs> Steve is the ultimate bro. No, I think she's gay. We have she's gay evidence. At, she's looking at titties. Yeah, and then he's like, "What's wrong with that? I like boobies. You like boobies. <laughs> she clearly likes boobies." But it, it's really nice. Um, Steve is kind of turning into like a nicer Ash Williams this season. Oh fuck yeah! Because uh, there's a point where. It's kind of crunch time, and he has to get to the uh, the upside down to like see what's going on. Okay, is that Steve who's like flinging the bat around thingy? Yeah, okay, flinging I've the seen, bat around. I've seen that clip on TikTok, and the the one clip was this girl watching, just going like, "Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hardcore shit." Oh, Steve like yeah. gets his shirt ripped off, and he's like all hairy and muscular. And then Eddie comes through, and he's like, "Hey, man, you don't have anything to like cover up with here. Take my vest." So he's got like it's Steve in a battle vest with like scars and bandages and shit. It's tight as fuck. I'm gonna have to watch this. Fuck that. I'm uh, fuck waiting. Honestly, it's it's so cool. But um, I'm gonna watch like a recap thing of just like what happened in the last three because it's been what when, when did season three come out? 2017, uh, 18. I think so. Yeah. So it's been a while. I it's think? been a long while. It's it's kind of funny. Is it? Do the do the kids do a good job of like? Because I don't think anybody in that cast now is underage. Like they're all adults now playing think high so. schoolers and shit. And so like, it, it does it. Are they doing a good job of selling it, or is it still? Or is it now you're kind of going? You're like twenty. I, mean, they, I I certainly can't tell. Like, <laughs> the, the, I saw one of the like the interviews and Gate uh, Gaten the you know the guy with the gum. I don't know his character's name. Um. The one that Steve was friends with in season two. Dustin. Right? Dustin, yeah. yeah. Uh, they were talking, and he was like, yeah, I turned 20. And, and Steve's actor was like, wait, what? You're, you're 20? Guess how old he is. He's like 30-something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he doesn't, like, that's the fucking weird thing. <laughs> it's like, I fully look at him, and I go, yeah, he's like a 20-something-year-old. Like, yeah. No, he's like in his 30s, dog. Yeah. So, shout out to him for still looking fucking phenomenal. Yeah, honestly. But, the whole um, cast looks fucking good, honestly. Yeah, like, they, they all look the age that they're supposed to be. 
like that. the whole cast like that's that's been the thing it's like obviously stranger things one was like we're hiring kid actors for kid parts mm-hmm. and it's like that and then you keep going and it's like well obviously we didn't film it immediately the next year so they're little off the age track and then you had what four years and now it's like they're all adults yeah at this point <laughs> but like it's it's still really nice and it helps that you can't tell because the writing is just so good that these characters are all of the same people. Yeah. Like one thing that I really like about stranger things is no one is ever where you expect them to be when the season starts up again. And that really makes me think, okay, well that's very realistic to real life. Like shit happens. How's the, uh, what's the, it's not Sadie. Is it Sadie? The redhead chick? Uh, Say Max. Max. How is her? Because with her brother being dead and shit. That's... Her character arc is the heaviest Ooh. in this season. Like she, she's basically lost everything and not gained a single thing, mm. which is something that you don't really think about when you finish season three. But she's going through it. Um. So they actually give her like the best episode in the fuck yeah in the whole series so far. I think it's episode four. It's called Dear Billy. Ooh, fuck. That name alone makes me go, shit. Yeah, she, uh, basically, when when you start getting targeted by Vecna, you see this grandfather clock that no one else can see, and it starts, like, chiming. That's where that trend is. Yeah. I've seen so many TikTok trends of people saying, hey, yo, what's with this grandfather clock in Subway? What the? And I'm like, I'm literally, like, looking for the, like, what? Yeah, it's just, like, a wall. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally sitting there going, like, what? Am, am I missing something? Now I'm glad to know that's where that fucking thing is from. Yeah, but, like, she kind of, she sees it. She gets targeted, and she's like, okay, well, this could be the end of my life. We don't know how to stop this. Mm. Um, so she starts taking around letters to the people that matter to her. She's basically broken up with Lucas because she has such severe depression that she, like, doesn't feel like she can be with him anymore. Yeah. Um, and Dear Billy is kind of like the culmination of that because the last letter she takes is to Billy's grave mm. and she opens it up and reads it out to him and then Vecna appears to her as Billy which is a super bitch move oh no and um, he basically pulls her in and he starts killing her and then Nancy calls the other group that were with Max, and they're like, "You got to play her favorite song because that will like snap her brain out of it, and she'll be she'll have a chance to escape." So they like put her headphones on. She starts listening to it. She breaks free, and this song is like blaring as she like runs to the upside down. There's like meteors collapsing and everything. It's just fucking beautiful. Um, now there's one. There are two more questions I have. Mm-hmm. How is Lucas's story this this season? Uh, it's it's really cool. Um, he basically is because his thing was he 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 couldn't want to be a nerd type character anymore, right? Yeah. So he he joined the basketball team. Um, he's kind of getting invited to all these parties and everything with them, but he's also still in the D and D club with uh Mike and Eddie. All right, good. And um, Dustin. He he's not a total dick, is he? No. Okay, good. Like because that when I saw him in, when I saw him in the jersey, I was like, please don't do the stereotypical. Well, now he's a jock, so you know what I mean. Well, that's that's kind of the thing. They do like a duality with it, where it's like, okay, like this crowd really wants him to be a part of it, but he still feels that pull to like his friends and to Max. Like every time he sees him in the hallway, he like stops her and he's like, hey, how are you like doing? I really miss you and all this stuff. And she's like, we can't do this. Like stop. And he's like, I just need you to talk to me. Like come on, I really want to help. Um, and then the the basketball team, some shit goes down with the first killing. 
and the head of the basketball team is basically like this freak Eddie, who is like the leader of a demonic cult because he plays D and D. Um, he got, he's got to be the killer. He's like disappeared since that night he was with her and, uh, they all pretty much go on a manhunt for Eddie. So at some point Lucas like dips out from them and he goes back to his friends. So they basically label him as a traitor and he just spends his time trying to help Max as much as he can. And it's really nice. Every character has a good arc in this season, which it, like in season three, Mike didn't have goddamn thing to do. I mean, Mike's whole thing was just I like L. Yeah, and uh, I I want to still be with L, and that was kind of his thing was just being selfish, and it was very like one dimensional. Yeah. Whereas everybody, I feel like a lot of other people like I, season three was a mixed bag, but I loved it because of Billy. Billy's whole thing in that season was great, dude. I Billy's actor. Oh, is yeah. such a phenomenal fucking guy. I want another Power Rangers movie because I think he nailed it. Yeah, he uh, apparently he's in that new Elvis movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck yeah. So I, I really want to see that just for him. His name's Dacre Montgomery, and he, I saw an interview with him once where he was like, yeah, if I could just quit acting and be like an interior designer, I'd, be, I'd just be happy. And I was like, well, that's a super weird thing to want, but I'm glad that he's like, like true to himself. Yeah. Super sweet guy. But um, the last thing, or if you have any more to say, cool. But I have one more question about one more character, mm-hmm. the Hopper shit. How okay? How do they do that one really well? Is it really interesting? Cause he he's full force in the Russian shit, right? Yeah, he is literally in a gulag. Okay, cool. Uh, how is he in the gulag? He's one tapping, getting back in the fight. Like, what's good? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> cool. Because, like, that's been my biggest thing was, like, okay, so we saw Hopper at the end. He's in Russia. Mm-hmm. The the season, the next, the next trailer shows him in Russia, and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, so his whole storyline is basically the B story almost to this season. Um, everyone believed that he was dead mm. because of him being in the room with the reactor or whatever. They thought he just got vaporized. Um, he basically gets one of the guards to send like a porcelain doll to America to Joyce, like where her new address is. And, um, it basically has a letter in it that like talks about where they were going to go on their date that they were going to have. And she's like, nobody else could have sent this hopper has to be alive. Cause it's got Russian postmarks and everything on it. She calls, um, what's that guy's name? The bald headed guy with the beard, with the glasses that, always shows up and he's like okay well i know all the conspiracy shit and whenever anyone's having relationship problems he's like no fucking stop that shit you love each other admit it uh it's it's like rory i know you're talking about yeah but him and joyce basically are like okay well we gotta get hopper out of the gulag (laughs) so they get this russian smuggler that is supposed to bring hopper to them but hopper gets caught and put into like Super Basically, gulag. like, death row in the gulag, as well as the guard that helped him. Because, okay, so, I remember seeing in the trailer, it looked like Hopper was fighting monsters in Russia. and so They like, have a Demogorgon. Fuck yeah, they do. And what, uh, it, what is it, okay, what is it about Stranger Things that is the most metal shit? Like, you it, know what I mean? It really is. Like, the Upside Down is just, like, a, a fucking, fucking power cover. metal video. <laughs> well, because, like, so, I, so, you saw the trailer, right? The fucking... I'm assuming is Eddie playing a solo in the upside down. I'm like, I don't give a fuck 
what else happens in this season. I just want to get to that. Yeah, there, there, there's basically like a doom moment for Steve in the upside Fuck. down. Yes. It's like him, Nancy, Robin, and Eddie. It's like the four of them get into the upside down and they're like fighting these bat creatures. It's metal as fuck with like lightning in the sky and all this shit. I, I love that we're getting to the point now where it's just like, fuck it, we're going to the upside down. Not like, well, we we, we got to be careful. They're like, fuck it, we're going. Yeah. Take the, because I'm very excited to see because there's one more season. Season five is the final season, they said. Mm-hmm. So however this ends, do you think Vecna's going to be the like villain? Like, is he, is he kind of, or do you think they're going to kill him in this season and then the big bad's going to show up? Or is the way that they're talking about it, Vecna is loyal to the Mind Flayer, I think. But, um, so the Mind Flayer is like the, the god of that world, it seems. Yes. Okay. Um, super duper spoilers for the whole season. Okay. I'm, I'm for just real. Gonna... If, uh, for like, would you say like five seconds? Uh, a bit longer than that. Okay. Yeah, so just, just skip ahead. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I'm going to spoil the shit out of Stranger Things. Um, sorry about it. I gave you fair warning. To be fair, the whole season's out, so. Yeah. Um, so for the first half of the season, Elle doesn't have her powers, like it kind of alluded to at the end of season three. Um, she feels super useless. She, like, smacks this bully in the face with, a uh, like, a roller skate, and then she feels like a monster because it, like, breaks this girl's nose. She's b- bleeding everywhere, and Mike was there to see it. Um, so she's very lost. Uh, the guy that worked in the, the lab that Hopper was like kind of getting help from comes to her and he's like, Hey, I think we found a way to like restore your powers and the people in Hawkins really fucking need you or else everybody in the world is probably going to die from this one. This guy's way too powerful. Um, come with me and we can restore your powers, but you don't have to. It is a choice. I don't want you to have to experience the same things that you did when you were a little girl so she leaves Mike a letter and she basically just says, Mike, I'm going to be a superhero again. And, uh, that, that, that is the exact wording by the way. <laughs> and, uh, Mike's arc in this one is kind of the same as it was in season three, but written better. Okay, good. Because he's kind of like, I need to be better for her mm. instead of, I just want her. <laughs> I um, wonder, I wonder if that's going to be the thing. Cause it, it very clearly, everything that I've read and stuff, it seems that, the showrunners are going to end with Mike and Eleven. Like, they're going to be the main couple yeah. that, like, ends up together. Unless someone dies in season five. But I think there's going to be a good scene, I think kind of like It Chapter 2, mm-hmm. where I don't know if they'll kill Mike or Will, but they're going to have a recollection where it's like, Mike is going to say, look, dude, I don't care if you're gay. I don't care whatever. We're always going to be best friends. Yeah. And, like, I think I think Will's going to come in terms of, like, I can't have Mike the way I want him. But I would honestly just rather him still be my friend, yeah. Than than risk anything, and I think I think it's gonna take a life or death situation to hit that. That's my guess. And there's one of those like every episode. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, there's one of those every fucking season. Yeah. Like, but I'm I'm kind of hype because I love seeing these characters. Like, I I love season one. Season two was good, except for like one episode. Uh, season three was mixed, but I still liked it because the one thing that keeps me coming back is these characters. Yeah, because they do such a good job in each season with them that I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah. And it seems that Stranger Things season four, at least according to everybody, is like the best shit since season one. Mm-hmm. It, I definitely agree. Uh, after Eleven goes to like restore her powers, you find out that the lab worker is like working with Papa, and mm. Elle freaks the fuck out. She tries to escape, and they like sedate her. And the guy's like, I'm not okay with the sedation stuff. Why are you doing this? And then Papa's like, look, I know I fucked up, but 
we need her to get her powers back and this is how we do it. And they put her in this tank that basically retrieves her um, memories, essentially, like makes her relive things that she suppressed. And uh, it shows her days in the lab with the other children. And there's an orderly there that's like really nice to her. All the other kids are like bullying Eleven because she's so powerful. And um, they're at one point they're like, look, if you tell Papa that we're fucking with you, we'll kill you like straight up. And uh, the orderly is like, I'll help you escape. So he he takes her down to this thing and shows her the hatch to like get out of the lab. And um, she's like, you're coming with me, right? To the orderly. And he's like, I can't. We have these like trackers in our necks. So you're you're really honestly not the only prisoner here. So she uses her powers to remove it. Um, turns out it wasn't a tracker. This orderly was number one and who has fully grown up now. Uh, the orderly kills all the other children like a bloodbath and then Eleven uses her powers on him um, and then that's basically how the hole gets opened up originally is she sends him through it um, so that leads back to season one, so one why they have that so thing orderly one was a bad guy yes okay and he he was the first experiment like where she's Eleven he was the first is, one is he Vecna yes they send Fuck. him Yes. They send him through the hole. He's like flipping through like space. It's like mountains and lightning and everything. And he keeps getting struck by lightning and his body keeps like contorting into Vecna. Um, so that gives L a very personal stake in this conflict, which I love. And um, yeah, they, the serial killer guy that Nancy was going to see, it turns out that he was his son and he killed the rest of his family except for his father and blamed it on him because he hated this new house he was in and he was like super mentally fucked up. So it's it all ties together super well. Um, the only thing that doesn't tie in right now is Hopper in Russia. But Hopper in Russia is the biggest development Hopper has ever gotten because he just fully gave up. Like after they put him in death row, he basically says, look... Like, this is the end of the line. I can't fight anymore. Um, Joyce never really loved me, and I I pushed everyone in my life away. Mm. And then the guard that uh, originally was helping him is also in the gulag now because he defied the Russian government. Yep. Him and Hopper are like homeboys now. Fuck yeah. Which is super good relationship because that guy is kind of Hopper's only light of hope. I love, by the way, again, Stranger Things has done such a good job of doing, like... Very clearly, here's where the romance is. And then very clearly, this is a good fucking bond yeah. of friendship. And, and they've you don't done see it. that a lot in media. Well, and that's the problem is that a lot of media tends to be like very vague mm-hmm. in that, well, they could be a thing. And it feels very like baity to where, regardless of gay or straight or whatever, it's like, well, they could be romance and it leads to a lot of fucking weird ships. Yeah. But I've seen nobody like take a weird relationship of stranger things and run with it. They're all, everybody seems to be really cool. Sorry, by the way, to anyone hearing that my dad's texting me, um, that people are just down with whatever relationships are shown Mm -hmm. because there, there is a very clear divide of like relationship, like romance, friendship, and they do such a good job, dude. Like seriously, the, the friendship, regardless of if they kind of queer bait with will a little bit, cause it, it feels very queer baity to me. 
Well, in, a little in bit. this season, it's very like, okay, Will is gay. Okay. Yeah. Because there's a scene specifically where he's sitting in class and this girl like reaches her foot over and she's like tickling Will's ankle with it. And he's like, ugh. He pulls away and he's making this like big extravagant painting for Mike. Um, but so it's very clear. Okay. It, it's very clear, but they're not saying it because yeah. Will won't like admit to himself. I, I think if it, it, to me, it's going to depend on volume two. Yeah. Uh, of how that goes. Cause that's my, that was been my biggest like worry. Cause it's, it's kind of always been hinted at. Mm-hmm. And then this season I was expecting to do something. And so far it seems it's still volume two. At. I think cause he, 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 he's also had like, a big spat with Mike already where he's like, we've been friends for how long and you're just spending so much time with 11 when you get here. And he's like, she's my girlfriend. And I, I do like that because on one hand it is a true thing of like, cause they're, cause they're all going through this for the first time. Like isn't 11 Mike's like first girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So like th- there's a really interesting dynamic of their kids figuring themselves out. But at the same time, I think obviously their kids, they're going to freak out over the simplest thing. Because I think as an adult, you can kind of understand that, like, when you're in a relationship, you're kind of, you kind of have to focus on that relationship. You can still have friends, do not get me wrong. Yeah. But, like, there is a kind of point where, oh, you've decided to, like, put, like, put a focus here. But Will's level of jealousy makes it feel like like he feels like it's a relationship. Yes. And that I'm very interested to see where that goes in volume two. Because as it is right now, from what I've heard, because I still haven't seen Stranger Things volume one or season four volume one, uh, which, Anyone listening who has seen it and like, he's just spoiling it for Luke. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to watch it anyway. I, I like a lot of this stuff. I like seeing just to be like, I mean, how does it happen? Even you know I mean? if I, which I am doing right now, but I tell you the plot, you're still not going to get the whole thing because all of stranger things is in the characters interactions. Yeah. Cause and he hasn't told me any like funny jokes, any of that stuff. Like to me, that's what stranger thing is. Yes. It's really cool horror elements and like a lore to it. Mm-hmm. But like even then, we still don't know who the what the fuck the mind flayer is. Yeah, and like that, I'm excited for because like, it's kind of the same with like it in a uh, chapter two where it's like, how are they gonna do the weird spider thing? Because that we all knew, like we all know the mind flayer is this big enemy. Yeah, what does that mean? And is it going to be like, is it going like my thing is like, are they going to actually the mind flayer break into the weird world? I, I think that's kind of what they were trying to do in season three. And I think Vecna is another way of him trying to figure that out. But, um, it's really interesting. There's, there's a part where the older kids, like they basically squat up in the upside down and Nancy's like, okay, well, if we're going to fight these guys, I got guns in my room. Let's go get them. <laughs> so they, they hop on bicycles. They ride over to Nancy's house and they're looking for her guns. And she's like, they're not here. Like I threw these shoes away years ago. And uh, she, like, looks through her diary, and it turns out that the Upside Down has basically been in a time loop, like, paused uh, since the day that Will disappeared. Oh, okay. So, uh, it's it's really interesting. I'm wondering how all of it kind of ties together, but that's one of the best things about it is the mystery and intrigue stuff. But uh, I highly recommend this season. It's It's one of the best they've done so far since season one. Hell yeah. Do you, you got any more, any more to say about Stranger Things, or you want to jump right into Kenobi? I mean, I I just, I'm ready to see more, and yeah. I'm glad that it's not like half a year break. It's only a month in between. Yeah. And season four, part one, is as long as season one is. Yeah, so it seems like we're getting two seasons realistically. Pretty much, yeah. It's, 
I, okay. The last episode is like two hours. I'm glad that they're doing this because one of the things, and I've said this to you before, one of my favorite things about Teen Wolf, when they got to season three, MTV was like telling Jeff Davis they want, he wants a 24 episode season. And Jeff Davis was like, no, that's too many episodes. I don't want to do it. And they were like, well, sorry, tough luck, do it. And so he, the way he got around that was by doing one season, but split into two arcs. Mm hmm. And so he did the first part, which was this really cool, interesting, like, uh, a witch, fucking plague doctor, whatever the fuck this girl was, and it leading to defeating a pack of alpha wolves. Mm -hmm. And because of the of what happens in that part of the season leads directly to the second arc, which is one of the main characters getting possessed by a demon, and they become the villain, which is really cool. And, and I love that because I'm like, this is fucking sick because now you get to have two seasons for the price of one. Yeah. And so I'm like, hell yeah. And when, when, when I saw Stranger Things Volume 1 was just season one's length, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. We get two seasons for one. I'm all, I'm all for that. Because I'd rather have that than a long-ass 24-episode season that drags. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And the way that this one ends, like the first half of the season... It feels like, okay, well, they're ready to wrap it up. Eleven, I think at this point, she's like more powerful than she was before even. So it's like, okay, we just need to get everyone together and end it. But if that's the case, then there's like so much time for character interaction that well, that's what I'm excited for. And even for. then, like, we think we know where it's going to go. Yeah. Watch them say, fuck you, you thought, and then move on. And that's because, totally possible. Because we still have one more season. Mm -hmm. They've already confirmed season five is the last one, so I'm very interested to see how this ends and leads to five. Do you think anyone... Do you, okay, so based on what you've seen so far, do you think anyone's being set up to die? Um, Not of the main cast. I mean, they've killed some tertiary characters. Uh, I just realized that, that guy's name is Murray with the glasses. Okay. Um... <laughs> That just popped into my brain. But um, I I don't think anyone's like on the cusp of dying in this season yet. Um, I think they're saving that for Volume 2 if it does happen. Mm. And uh, just one last thing that I got to say is at, at the end of Hopper's arc this season, Joyce and Murray do show up at the Gulag. He has stolen the, uh, the leaders like lighter and vodka. And he's like, now we have a chance because... That's the only thing that the uh, the Demogorgon is scared of. He beats it. He gets out. And the moment that he like hugs Joyce for the first time, he's like, okay, this is this is what I thought it was. I was wrong thinking that she could never love me. And just the look on his face was worth the whole like 20-episode ride or whatever. 20-hour ride, whatever. You know, it was just fucking great. Hell yeah. I'm gonna have to watch it now. Like you've you've sold it to me now to be like, even though if I know where shit's going, I'm like, but I want to see. You you definitely want to see it happen. Yeah, it it's like someone giving you a synopsis of the whole season, but then you go, yeah, but like, how did it happen? How did they get there? What's the deal? Cool. I'm gonna jump in probably soon here, so I've got a couple days free. Um, all right, cool. So let's I say let's move on to the the thing that we both have watched. Mm -hmm. Uh, the first three episodes of Kenobi. All right, so I guess real quick, what did you think of episode one as an introduction? It, I liked it just in terms of setting up where everything was, but also like the child in me that watched all the Star Wars movies like in theaters was like, 
come on, get to the sh- get to the shit I want to see. I want to see Obi Wan being Obi Wan. But uh, that's kind of the whole point is that he's not the same Obi Wan anymore, and I really like that. Uh, I'll go ahead and say my already favorite part of of Episode One was, oh shit, they're doing Leia. Yeah. I did not see that coming. That was a surprise. That and I was, was like, a, fuck yeah. And it was a really nice surprise. Like yeah. when I saw that, it just made me smile because I was like, oh. She nails the role. Absolutely. She is absolutely like Carrie Fisher, but child. Absolutely. And it's so good. And I, I really want them to bring her back for more shit after this. She uh, apparently, uh, so obviously, if, if you've been watching social media, Moses Ingram has been getting a lot of hate, un- unjustly so. Yeah. But it seems universal. That all the people are going, yo, this kid Leia, lit. And I'm sitting here going, I'm glad that we're at least not bullying the child actors. <laughs> yeah. Like, this girl still has to grow up and, and experience things. And, and, like, us saying that she's she's a shit person and, and you're ruining Star Wars would have hurt that kid for the rest of her life. And I'm yeah. glad that we've at least, even if you don't like little Leia, you're like, that's not on her. Yeah. People are saying it's not on her. Now, go fuck yourself if you've sent all the Ingram shitty DMs. You're a piece of shit if you did that. Yeah, fuck you in the face. Uh, like, cause my thing is, look, I don't I don't necessarily like Reva. That's not her fault, though. That's not Moses Ingram's fault. That's exactly. the writer's fault. And even then, that's a subjective thing they did. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. But I will say I liked her more in episode three. So yeah, that, I, is, that is true. And I think that's where a lot of the, like, the people that are not cool with her as a character are finally going to start being like, okay, this is where it like comes along because they, she has this super deep hatred for Kenobi and we don't have any backstory on that yet. Everybody's freaking out saying that she's like so obsessive and so reckless. And I'm like, y'all met Maul, right? Yeah. Like, Kenobi's had to deal with this before. I was, and also like Nate, give me like one Sith who hasn't like really fucked up. Who's not like Darth Bane or like the top like oh shit god level Sith? Yeah, like Asajj Ventress, reckless and angry and and fucked up. Like Mara Jade, when we first meet her in Legends, she's this reckless kind of all in her like emotions type of person. Like this has happened before. There are people who literally like that's my thing is there are people who are being assholes and there's people who like me who I'm like look I don't have a problem with Moses Ingram I think she's a good actor mm-hmm. I just don't like what they're doing with the character yet yeah and that so, and that's the thing is I haven't made a full opinion on her character yet because I've only seen half the show mm-hmm. I now like where they're t- uh, going with it I'm all for that yeah and uh, so far I'm very interested to see where it goes. I, I think they just did a very bad job of like introducing her, yeah. um, which to be fair, the show is about Obi-Wan. He is the centerfold character. And now it's Vader yeah. as the centerfold character. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah, it is that seeing Vader finally like show up. Like I did not expect him to be in episode three. I, I well even then. So when he first shows up, it's the suit up and he's on his palace of Mustafar. And I'm like, Oh, that's all we're going to see of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this motherfucker gonna, shows like, give some orders, but no, <laughs> no. The second they're like, Hey, uh, Obi-Wan's probably here. He's like, fucking say less. Go get the fucking car ready. I'm going <laughs> dude. Okay. Fuck, fuck going in episode order. I, I said, we're going to talk in episode order. Fuck that dude. When he snapped that child's neck, Holy fuck. Yeah, that was they, fucking brutal. They made... I love... Say what you will about Disney Star Wars. 
they're making me terrified of Vader. Yeah, they, they're doing Vader correctly. Vader has else. fucking been so so well. Disney, say what you will about how they handle other characters, whether it's Luke Skywalker, whoever else. That's a whole opinion. You can have that argument, whatever. Everyone can fully agree that Vader's fucking terrifying. Yeah, and I I loved everything he did in this episode. Like, when he starts walking down the street and just kind of looking around, there's can, a moment where he stops, and you know he's like, okay, I can feel Obi-Wan's watching me. Let me start fucking murdering people. The one that got me, like, even this next snap that's fucked up, but he starts dragging some old lady, and her screams as she's being dragged. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Yeah. And then, dude, I, I, I was I was all in for them being like, when Obi-Wan ignites that lightsaber, it's going to be a moment. I love how abrupt and scared that moment is, where he just he jets it out off reflex, and is like, fuck, 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 where is he, where is he? Yeah. Oh, and then the most petty shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Literally Vader's like, Oh, you burnt me motherfucker. But bet that was the I'm most a- Anakin thing he's ever done. I was dude. That to me, like the next, I sold that, that I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. We are in with Vader. I am. So- and what makes it better? This is why I love that. The fact that I know it's Hayden Christensen under that suit too. Oh, I'm so in. Yeah. I am so down. Because we know we're going to get a legitimate fight scene with them. Whenever Obi-Wan gets his, like, Rocky montage, he's going to meet Qui-Gon again. Mm-hmm. He's going to go off. I still think he's going to lose, maybe. I think it'll be a situation where the fight gets cut short. Hmm. And then, I Okay, you know. so tell me if you think this is true. Do you think Vader's going to kill Reva? Reva? Her. I I mean, I don't know. He's killed Inquisitors for a lot less. I was going to say, but to me, so far, every time someone mentions that, oh, hey, that's Anakin Skywalker, everyone in the vicinity's dead. Yeah. Because he's like, no one knows. Yeah. So I'm very interested in how she knows, which I think it has to do with that. Uh, that intro the, yeah. Order 66 scene, I think you're right. What a bad time for that, by the way. <laughs> that and Stranger Things. I texted you guys the night they both came out, and I was like, this is a fucking bad way to start both of these shows with a fucking colony of children getting killed in Star Wars and then just a fucking bloodbath in Stranger Things. It, it, it was, and again, it was just poorly timed where it's like, ah, right. At least Stranger Things put in like a warning. Well, to be fair, Star Wars was like, in Order 66, I feel like because it's fantasy, like mm-hmm. sci-fi, we're kind of like, we can look a little bit away from it. Yeah. But like, it's still like, oh fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I I still thought about it after the fact, during the fact I was like, they're showing order 66. And And I was like, the stuff that they did show of order 66, like all the Jedi trying to defend the younglings as they get out. I really liked it, but just the context of real life. Yeah. (laughs) But like, fuck dude, like princess Leia, solid. Ewan McGregor killing it. Uh, Hayden, like the fact that we saw him in the makeup with like the white and like that was oh dude that and age. outside the makeup and Obi Wan's little like PTSD trip in the field. The one that got me still to this day is when he go when when Obi Wan like says Anakin and it cuts to Vader mm-hmm. but the white skin. I was like fuck when, when I saw that when I say I got chills like the breath was removed from my lungs in that moment. I have literally like. I'm, I'm going to be real with you, and this may sound stupid. I don't give a fuck how this ends at this point because I have had moments that I will remember forever. Definitely. Now. Like, and I holy think, fuck. Honestly, we can say we don't care how it ends, 
but with how every episode has gone, this shit is just going up and up and up. Well, what's it? Uh, oh, what's her name? De- uh, Deborah Chow, I think, is the the director. Mm-hmm. She did like one or two episodes of Mandalorian, but they gave her this whole season. Yeah, and I'm I'm super cool with it. Apparently, if they might get a season two. That would be fucking tight. Now, depending on what happens, because if it's just more of like, oh, he meets Vader again, it's like, okay, well, we're just going to keep doing this, recycle. Yeah. But I don't know. Because my mom and my mom and dad were talking, because they were like, I was, I was, apparently Netflix and Disney, all these streaming services are losing a lot of people. And then I was like, well, Disney Plus was until Obi-Wan hit. Yeah. And then they gained like a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, oh my gosh, dude. It is. Obi-Wan's great. Yeah, it's it's fucking transcendent. Like, God, they did Vader so good. I'm like, this makes me hype for everything else Star Wars, like uh, the Ahsoka series, the Can- the Andor series, um, Bad Batch season two is coming out. I'm all in, bro. Like Disney plus, like Disney Star Wars has been very hit or miss for some things, but like I honestly am all in right now. Yeah, like they. One of my favorite moments is just like a couple of seconds in the third episode where Obi-Wan's like, okay, I, th- I got away. I got away. And he's running through this like gravel plant. And then it's like a far away angle on the camera. And you just see the fucking red lightsaber engulf the whole screen. And he's like, oh, fuck, Vader. And then he's just standing there with his cape billowing and shit. And he's like, all right, motherfucker, round two. Let's go. That was so hype. I love... Obi-Wan is, like, trying his hardest. Vader's one-handing that shit. Just one hand hitting him with a lightsaber. I cannot wait. What I'm expecting... Now, again, I'm trying to tamper expectations. What I'm expecting for their rematch fight is Mm -hmm. scene 38 reimagined. The fucking... Them doing cool Jedi shit. Yeah. And just being, like, this epic fight. Because that's what they're leading up to is this hella big fight between Vader and and Obi-Wan. I think they know they have to deliver. Yeah, so definitely. because Revenge of the Sith, say what you will about how choreographed the fight is, it is the most memorable lightsaber fight ever. And I also love that in that episode, Obi Wan has not ignited the lightsaber through the first two episodes at all, and the first time he does, it's because he's scared of Vader. That to me is so good. Yeah, it's fear. I was expecting a moment where he like he stands ready. No, he ignites it out of sheer terror. He hears, like, a rock fall behind him. He's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like, oh, my gosh. They did so good. I cannot wait, because, dude, Liam Neeson better show the fuck up. Oh, it has to be. He's going to. At least once every episode, he's like, Qui-Gon, where are you? <laughs> the moment we see Liam Neeson, I'm going to lose my fucking shit, dude. Hell, yeah. Ugh. Cannot wait for the rest of this shit. We got three more episodes to go. Yep. Oh, my gosh, dude. So, yeah, as you can tell, we watched a lot of cool shit. <laughs> um, I guess besides Fortnite, you been playing much else besides Lego Star Wars and Fortnite? Uh, that and then um, The the Last of Us, mm. which still really fucking holds up. Uh, but other than that, I haven't really been doing too much as far as games go. How about you? Have you done anything um, outside the box? Nothing really. I mean, I'm going, I've, I've been kind of just like slowly just trying to figure out what I want to play. Um, I'm, I was debating, I decided to play like the first like bit of both Assassin's Creed Origins and Mass Effect 1 mm-hmm. to see which one I'm going to play through. And I think it's going to be Origins. I've been drawing back into that one a lot more. The 60 FPS patch, while it's, 
it's good, but it's not like the patch Odyssey got where it was like a full on we're making it a next gen game. Yeah. So that one has resolution mode. Well, no, no. So it's a 60 FPS patch, but it you it's not like like Odyssey is now a game where if you have a Series X, you have to have the Series X version. Yeah. O- Origins seems like it's just Assassin's Creed Origins. Just they added a patch that if available, 60 FPS works. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's that because some of the cutscenes are still in 30. And it's very noticeable when it's right next to 60. Yeah. Um, but it still holds up. It's still a really solid game. I'm, I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna do everything, but I'm doing a lot of extra stuff. Uh, so I'm gonna do some a lot of side quests, some of the extra bits that I can do around everywhere around, and then we'll go from there. If I really like the game, because I still want to replay Odyssey again, mm. but Odyssey is long, so I might not. It is an Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> Uh, Valhalla, because Valhalla was, I still need to play the fucking DLC for that game. Yeah. The Dawn of Ragnarok, which apparently that's pretty fun. So we'll see where I go with that. Um, I've just been playing a lot of Fortnite with you guys. Just kind of playing little bits and pieces of games here and there. Uh, I played, I I started Warframe. I really like that. I just wish it was a little more user friendly or newcomer friendly, I guess. Sorry. Uh, but other than that, it's pretty solid. I think the combat's good. The way like gunplay works, the way you know it, it's it's an action game, so it's not like a Destiny where it's a you know you know shooter. Mm-hmm. It is very much like this is a action game with third person shooting mechanics and like like it has your melee weapons. Um, your all your specials are the melee weapon you decide to do, or depending on your your Tenno class you pick. Um, but so far, I I really like it. I'm not far enough in to where I, where I'm like dedicated yet. So we'll see kind of where I go with it. I feel like I want to play with people with this one. Mm. So I might wait to see who has it or who wants to play with it. So, but, uh, do you have a timer going? Yeah. We're in an hour. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about the forces stuff that we watched and then the, uh, the state of play that we all frontiers. Yeah. Whatever. Said forces. (laughs) Cause they, it was originally Sonic Rangers yeah, and that makes me think like forces. I don't know, but it's... So, so yeah, Sonic Frontiers got two gameplay trailers recently. Mm-hmm. One which was exploration, and one which was combat. Yeah, um, combat has me excited. The exploration does not. Yeah, I while watching them, I kind of had the feeling that it was like a debug mode that they were in because there are no enemies in the exploration trailer at all. So that kind of makes me think, okay, these are like builds meant to show off specific things. Um, so I, I'm fully in the camp of this is not the finished game, but even what I did saw, what I did see is like really exciting for me. Um, I, I'm super hyped to like run around this world and just find all these little puzzles, which Sonic has never had too much of is puzzles. And, um, all these new fighting moves that he has are like a lot of them like really made me think Dragon Ball Z shit. Yeah. Like uh, there's this one where he just does a flurry of kicks that send out these shock waves. And it really reminds me of like Vegito with his arms crossed, just kicking the shit out of super boo. Um, so I I'm super hyped for it. Like it looks amazing and we don't even know everything about it yet. We don't know anything about the story. 
I think I think they're gonna because it, it seems that they're doing like little small trailers because that's what it seems that IGN is getting their first look and they're getting the 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 release releases of it. Yeah. So we're probably gonna get a story trailer uh, here soon. I hope so. I'm I'm super hyped for it because that's what I'm most excited for is seeing Ian Flynn and what he's doing with it. Yeah. But um, it looks good. I it definitely looks a step up above Forces. Oh, I, it looks but, a couple steps yeah, up in forces. But to be fair, that's not saying much. Yeah. Um, this is a game that I will buy on multiple systems, PS5 and Switch, because I need to have that full Switch Sonic collection. But I'm also probably going to play it on Switch initially, too. I'm probably going to jump Xbox for this one, honestly, because I have a lot of Sonic games on there. But if this game is going to be visually stunning, I want it to be on, on 4K. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping for multiple playable characters. I'm hoping to see, I'm hoping this is debug. Obviously, if this is how, what it's going to look like, I'm going to have problems, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we get later. Cause it comes out what September. I, I think so. I don't know anything yeah. about the release date, the release date on that one. Yeah. So apparently it's still coming this year. So we'll see. Um, we had a state of play yesterday. You, me, and Matt all got on Discord and watched it together, which we should do that for all the stuff we can. I, I agree. That was a real, like, spur-of-the-moment thing, but I really enjoyed it. Um, opening strong with Resident Evil 4 Remake. Yeah. Uh, I'm super down for that, because uh, now... Um, now we're in a position with uh, with Resident Evil where you can play... Every mainline title that's not a shitty PS1 version. Yeah, you, and it's it's gonna be a little weird because you because if you you're gonna play one, which is the GameCube remake, mm-hmm. and then two, three, and four, which are like high def oh shit moments, and then five and six, which are like 360 games. Yeah, and then seven and eight, which is back to that high def thing. But you can play them all on one system now. Yeah, which is is it's which, really nice. To be fair, you could have played four on that system as well. Four is available and it's original format, so there. That's the biggest concern that I have for that is that it looks amazing, but how much are they changing the gameplay? I think it's gonna be just two and three. I don't know how I feel about that. Because four the reason that I replay four so much is for the gameplay. Because four is what, in my opinion, started the action horror. Mm-hmm. Because like if you look at OG three and some of the things there, they were very much classic horror things like that. Four four to me was like, oh, you 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 can handle yourself. Like Leon's a badass and it shows. Yeah. Um. Whereas but it, there there's also a thing in there where it's like you don't feel like a badass until you've mastered those controls, which yeah. are hard as fuck to get used to. Yeah, because it's, it's tank still, right? Yeah. Was 5 tank? Or was 5 more five of a third-person shooter? 5 is more shooter? of like a, li- a streamlined tank. Okay. Like, there are elements from 4. Like, the movement is pretty much the same, but the gunplay is very, like, third-person shooter. Um, but yeah, 4 is still very, like, you got to figure this shit out. And I'm wondering how much of that they're going to keep in because I really love the way that that one plays. So we'll see about that. Um, I was really happy to see that they're finally doing Village VR. Yeah. I, I was really hoping that would be there at launch and then they basically said nothing about it and I was like, are they just not going to fucking the, the do PSVR it? The PSVR 2 is, is 
We also don't have a release date for it yet, but they announced a bunch of games. We don't for even it. know what that shit looks like. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we got Resident Evil Four, uh, which is gonna have some VR shit. They said. Uh, Resident Evil Eight VR is coming out. A couple more VR things, which. One of them was just Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, which I'm like, cool. Yeah, like the second part of that. Yeah. And then the That's, Horizon VR. That got me so fucking excited. I am all down for that. That look Because yeah. at first, I was like, oh, it's Bowen, you know, whatever. I was like, okay, yeah, it, it looks good. Because like well, at first, it looked like it was going to be like an on-the-rails thing, because you're in this boat. Yeah. And then they go, no, you get to, like, climb and move and fight, and it's like... Oh. As soon as I saw one of the robots, I was like, let's fucking go. I'm all in. And then they show like the Razorback fight. There's you have to climb one of the long necks, which was really fucking cool. I love doing that in uh, Zero Dawn, and I'm finally about to play Forbidden West today. Thank you for letting me borrow that. You're welcome. Um, I but, think I if it if I actually might skip uh, Assassin's Creed Origins to play Zero Dawn. We'll see, but I'd say it's worth it because yeah. what I've always said about that game is I wish that this is how Assassin's Creed would have evolved. That I okay. I'll have to see where that goes because to me, Ghost of Tsushima is that for me. Mm. Where I think that should be where Assassin's Creed goes. Yeah. So we'll see where where I think of that. But yeah, that that VR looked sick. It did. It, that, that alone. I was shocked that it was VR because of how good everything looked in that game. Like you look at the Saints and Sinners stuff, and then you look at that, and it's like night and day. That was what was going to get me. That and Resi Eight, honestly, are going to be like I will probably get a VR if it's on sale. I really hope that VR1 stuff is compatible, too. I think they already said it would be. Okay, that's good, because um, RE7 VR right now is the quintessential VR experience, in my opinion. Like, I had played that game probably seven times all the way through before I even tried the VR. And um, things that I knew were coming, like Mia grabbing your ankle on the stairs and everything, had me, like, jumping. So I I've seen those videos. What was the one where it was people watching their friend of VR like run, run, run? And she runs into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I love the ones that are like the plank where it's like you have to walk out on the thing and then jump off. And people always jump head first in their TV. <laughs> I I'm I'm super hyped for this because like I'm I, if I do VR, I want to make damn sure I got room yeah. around me and like soft things on the ground. <laughs> That's one of the nice thing about the quest. Um, have you tried Matt's yet? No, I need. I need to. I've I've had moments too. I just haven't gotten around. I'll yet. bring mine over someday so you can try it. But the nice thing about the quest is there's a pass through thing, and there are cameras that basically are just there to track your environment. So if you get too close to something, it shows you in wire grid, don't go over here, <laughs> and uh, it'll show you like, okay, there's a ledge here. This is how high it is, and it doesn't interrupt the game quest? too much. Quest can work as long as you have a Wi-Fi connection, right? Or you don't even need Wi-Fi as long as you have a game installed. You can do it in so the you, middle of a fucking. Field. I was gonna say uh, Matt's backyard is probably perfect for that shit. I, I've always wanted to take mine to a park and just like do some Beat Saber or something. Someone's like walking by because they can't hear the music. They're just like, well, let's just, just get do punched it. in the fucking face. I yeah the I'm th- that this so what what this this uh state of play did because it wasn't a very high profile one but mm-hmm. what it did get me high for was a little bit of VR. I think that they're still saving things for their summer game fest stuff because they are on their lineup. Well, this one was part of that. Okay. Well, I, I We'll see. I think they need to have the big hitter. The thing is, I don't know if they're going to wait till like fall. Yeah. 
Because Sony's now kind of taking the Nintendo approach of like, don't say shit until we need to say shit. Mm -hmm. And which that's the one that I'm really waiting for because I want to see Xenoblade shit right now. I think they're going to give a dedicated Xenoblade one because they have to. That's going to be their big game for July. I hope so. Um, Because, um, no, that's this month now. That's June. It got pushed to June? It switched places with uh, Splatoon. But I thought it was July. Let me look it up. I was about to say, motherfucker, if it's June, I'm not getting a collector's edition. <laughs> yeah. Unless, uh, any that, of, that's uh, the one thing that makes me think that I'm wrong is the collector's edition still doesn't have a, uh, unless any of our, our lovely listeners want to get me a birthday present. <laughs> and also one for me because you just like, yeah, me. like just, you know, <laughs> BJ's cool too. Like for me, like get it me too. And then I will gift it to BJ as an early birthday. Okay, present. you were right. It is July. Yeah. I was wondering when you said it was so this that, month, I was like, they bumped it again. I, I wish. <laughs> I was like, fuck, dude. <laughs> but, uh, okay, cool. So, VR, um, that fucking skating, rollerblading fucking thing looked sick as hell. That did look really fucking I, cool. I need, I need to find the name for it. I fully recommend people go watch the, the state of play. It's, it's pretty it was, solid. Um, roller, roller dome. Roller dome. I that think. shit looked cool. Yeah. I am all in. That one was just style. And I'm like, fuck yeah. That looks so cool. The one with the girl that's writing about the changing seasons on the bicycle, that one has me excited just because I just love fucking atmosphere. So I'm definitely going to play that one. That one is probably one I will ask to borrow. Yeah. <laughs> just because I'm like, I, I don't... Like, I don't think that'll be full price. Yeah, if, if it's like a $30 game, I'd probably buy it. Yeah. And then uh, Stray, which me and Bree have been Stray following. Stray looks really good. Uh, atmospheric, yeah. and while no combat, it's like you still have to be like it's stealth. Yeah, I I'm kind of cool with that one. That one looks really fun. Let me customize the cat. Uh, yes, <laughs> I want to make my cat. <laughs> uh, Stray looks good. Uh, what else do they really show? Uh, Street Fighter Six, better logo. Yeah, and uh, better logo. honestly, I was vibing with the uh, the style. I I like the way that the fights look. Um, I just don't know how to feel about this, like, adventure aspect they're injecting into it. Well, I feel like what it's going to be is, like, if you look, because it seems like they're going to add a story mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if Which that's... Which I think is a good thing for Street Fighter. I wonder if that's their menu, because that little arena place where it was, like, two-player battle, whatever thing. So I wonder if, like, once you press start, that's your menu. You walk around as Luke or Ryu or whoever, and you just go to, like, different doors. Like, uh, uh, Jump Force. Yeah, that, or that's or, Z- what I or like Zeno or Xenoverse and stuff, mm-hmm. where you have a hub and that's it. And so if you do story mode, it's probably going to be very cinematic and like you, there's probably an overworld and whatnot. But like your classic Street Fighter fights are going to be there. To have you do. seen the uh, the Akuma render for this game? No, no. I saw someone said that they leaked the whole roster. They did. I have not seen the whole roster. So Akuma looks fucking menacing. Hell yeah, I love him. I I'm honestly I. I don't know if I'll get it immediately because apparently there's already a trademark for Street Fighter Six Arcade Edition, so uh, yeah, we'll see. But hey, guess what though? It's not exclusive. Good. It is coming to Xbox, so Street Fighter Six is not exclusive to PlayStation. I I really want them to get finished with all their DLC and everything, and then make that Switch port like they did for Street Fighter Four on DS mm-hmm. or 3DS, because like I will buy that and carry it everywhere with me whenever i go camping every year which is coming up uh in the next couple of weeks here 
um, I always bring my Switch and Dragon Ball Fighters because everybody will just crowd around the couch and just be like, "All right, who's the best?" What what camping do you do? It's like a um, it's not the Muscular Dystrophy Association. We kind of like split off from that because the MDA started sucking cock. Um, it's called the Alliance for Recreational Empowerment, which kind of is an umbrella for a couple of different like, yeah. illnesses now. Um, but I've known most of these people my whole life now, and there yeah. are some people that have known each other for like 30 years mm. there now. So it's it's basically like a, a little family type of thing. It's really nice. We all just kind of go and hang out for a while, um, a week of just like, you know, living in cabins together, watching movies, eating like absolute shit. Uh, there's a lot of us that don't smoke cigarettes, but when we're at camp, we're like, ah, oh, fuck it. Just buy a couple of packs. Hell yeah. It's just a nice, like, escape from regular life every year. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Glad you have that, man. Yeah, me too. It's pretty dope. Uh, nothing else really caught my eye with this state of play except for its finale, which was Final Fantasy 16, which is coming out 2023, so a year from now, re- re- around. Yeah. So we've got time for them to really unveil shit, which I think they're going to do. I think what's going to happen is 16 is going to be this, like, probably we're going to get something at the Game Awards or we'll get their, like, just its own trailer slash whatever. Um, And it's going to have more options. Uh, This is fully an action game now. Fuck RPG. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's that's what's getting me that I'm, like, hyped for. But I also... I feel for anyone who's like a huge turn-based person because this game straight up said, go fuck yourself. Yeah. If you want a party member and like turn-based battles and shit, it's like, nah, this is reactionary combo heavy shit. And the only Final Fantasy in the next foreseeable future is that 7 remake, which is action heavy as fuck. And then whatever happens with online, which is also pretty action-y. Well, yeah, well, and online is just uh, fucking MMO stuff, which, by the way, apparently 14 online, I think with the new update, can be played solely by yourself now. Yeah. So you can you can That's run through... Really dope. You can run through the story, because it's not going to make you matchmake with random people. It's going to give you AI through, like, the you-have-to-have-people-for-this-dungeon-type thing. hmm So I might actually really run through 14 again, because I got through Aromi Born, and I was like, that was kind of mid, but, like, I liked it. And then I just got into another game and I wasn't able to go back. So yeah, we'll see. But uh, that's kind of the thing with ongoing games for people like us is we like going through a game, finishing it, and then going on to the next thing. Having to play one game for like forever is kind of a, an issue for to, us. To be fair, Final Fantasy XIV, from what I've heard, is the one MMO where it's like we understand there's other games out there. Yeah. So how they do it is you have your big expansion. And then once you beat the story and beat your thing, you can stop until the next, like, point whatever update. Then we're adding a new dungeon and some new stuff, and you can come back, do your quest, do your thing, and finish it. Take a break until the next community update thing, and it adds a little more stuff, more things, a little more story, and you're like, cool. And then you can take a break till the next expansion. Like so, that. like, they, they actually make a, a MMO that doesn't seem like to waste your time. Whereas, like, World of Warcraft is like, motherfucker, we are all you're playing. Yeah. And all these other MMOs are like, no, you have to play us. You better be in here every single day where you're going to be fucking, you know, shit. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm hyped for 16. I, I know you had some gripes when we were watching it. 
I have gripes because everything that I see of the story just makes me think this is Final Fantasy 15 with a fantasy coat of paint. To me, it's less of that because of Final Fantasy 15 story. While their fantasy story was the, it is very similar. The way it's being foretold in this one, it seems like it's be very lonely and very like character driven. Whereas 15 was the the road trip. One thing that I did really enjoy about this trailer was seeing the new render for Ifrit. Ifrit is... Ifrit looks terrifying. Yeah, I... For those that don't know, Ifrit is my favorite summon, and I've always wanted, like, an Ifrit tattoo. Like... Well, now you can get that fucking logo tattoo of Ifrit and uh, Phoenix fighting. That would be kind of dope. I have to play the game first. That's true, yeah. But I'd, I've always wanted, like, just a full-body Ifrit in flames, like, maybe on the back of my calf or something. But, uh, yeah. I like... It seems that... We're getting kaiju fights too with the summons. Yeah, I'm excited to see how that actually like plays out. That looks cool. Um, the combat looks really cool. They, the stagger meter that seems to be like the, a new constant for Final Fantasy. Uh, it seems that staggering an enemy is now the way to play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the so the game looks like you get to switch styles. I was re- I was rewatching the trailer and there's one scene where you go from Ifrit power to Garuda power to Titan power like within succession of like a couple moves. That seeing that I know I haven't played it personally but seeing you play it made me think okay maybe Final Fantasy Stranger of Paradise was like a prototype for this. Cuz Stranger of Paradise is is still very fun which by the way that uh that game is meta as fuck. Yeah, I like, know. Like, no, like, no, you don't know. There's a reason Jack is all about chaos, and it's not what you think. When we when I got to the moment, I was like, oh, oh. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is cool. And it's not because he's chaos? Well, yeah, yeah no, that is the thing. He, he's he's Garland. He's he's the villain. Mm-hmm. and uh, But he's stuck in a time loop, and he's not one of the four warriors of light. There's a reason why there's five people in your party. You are the villain. The whole game. It's so sorry if I spoiled it. I'm sorry. I mean, we've talked about it before. Yeah. But like the way Meta does it, because like Gar, because they do a good job. Because you get to see flashbacks of Gar of of his life as Jack Garland, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, oh shit, like all this stuff, and like the constant times you're fighting people, it's like. You, you are off doing things like, oh shit, the, things are going wrong. It's because you like in your anger and all this other stuff is like, it's because you revel in this. Yeah. This is chaos. You revel in this shit and you end up having to turn on your friends. It's honestly really fucking good. Damn. Like that's the thing is all the trailers were like edgy 2006 final fantasy shit. Play the game. You're like, damn bro. I, this is fucking deep. Well, I, I do need to play it. I've been wanting to, but the thing that I will always associate with that game is just him turning on the fucking Lincoln Park and walking away on his phone speakers. The thing, the thing that gets me still is my name is I don't give a fuck who you are. <laughs> just fucking wrecks his shit. Yeah, Jack is the best protagonist ever, and it's because he's such an asshole. <laughs> But like, there's a reason they, they actually give reason. It's not just for funny hahas, mm-hmm. and that's why I think Stranger Paradise is honestly pretty solid. Yeah. So yeah, there. If we get more, by the way, uh, sirens behind us. If you hear it, I don't think um, they can hear that because I listened back to the episode where there was yard work two feet away, and I couldn't hear any of that. Yeah. Well, I'd probably high edit it. Well, that that's 
that might be true, but I think these mics also just do a good job of cutting out background shit. Yeah, honestly. These are great mics. Um, so yeah, we uh Final Fantasy 16, I'm hyped for it. I I fully understand people who aren't cuz there was a lot of people who were like hoping for a full party system and like uh, not traditional gameplay. I think they knew it was going to be an action game. Yeah. The second it was more traditional it, themes. Yeah, because it's going back to fantasy aesthetics. So people were like, oh, hell yeah, party system, fantasy. I think that's what people wanted. And instead, what we're getting is a character action game. Yeah. That's a mainline Final Fantasy. That, that's the thing. Whereas this, if this game sells good, you are never going to see a turn-based RPG mainline Final Fantasy ever again. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Final Fantasy VII Remake, is gonna, I think, is going to keep doing what it's doing, where it's the hybrid. Yep. But if 16 sells well and people dig it, go, man, you can kiss the term Final Fantasy turn-based goodbye. Yeah. And I don't know how to feel about that because I honestly would like them to do a Final Fantasy turn-based game, but I think that's where Bravely Default and Octopath and all these other games are going to be. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I don't... I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily going to miss them because the older games are still going to be there. I think... There's there's still opportunity for it later on down the line. I think they're just going to be more like budget spin-off titles. Like I think Octopath and Triangle Strategy are kind of their testing grounds for things like that. And if that's the case, then there is a chance we could see a Final Fantasy in that style. I think realistically if my thing is if you if people want to see turn-based Final Fantasy make a return, Anytime a big budget turn-based game shows up, you gotta show that game love. Yeah. Per- in- any new personas have to sell like gangbusters. And I mean, the way Persona's been trending, that yeah. definitely will happen. Um, Yakuza like a dragon, and it its next sequel. Better, I better I sell still like need to buy that one. I I've been itching to play it actually. Really solid. Um, it's on Game Pass, so you don't even need to buy it now. Yeah, I'll just download that shit. Um, but yeah, no, seriously, that it's. It is such a like such a good good game. Honestly, surprisingly works well in, t- in a turn-based setting, which was originally just a fucking joke yeah. that they then said, "Okay, we'll do it." And that's why you can kind of tell the game was meant to be action-oriented because mm-hmm. there's moments where, "Oh, no, I get it." But they they in the short time they had, they did really well. Yeah, I mean, I I've heard from everyone that I know that has played it that they just really like the turn-based stuff and it feels like that adult persona like you were talking about initially. Yep. So I, I'm definitely excited to play that one, and I'm glad that the sequel is continuing with its trend. I think it seems that th- the way RGG is going to do is based on protagonist is based on the gameplay. Yeah. Because because Ichiban is a huge Dragon Quest nerd, he will in his head all of his battles are RPGs. Yeah. When in real life, it's just he beats up a guy and that's it. But in his head, he's he's visualizing it as an RPG. Yeah. Whereas Kiryu visualized it as these super manly fights. Yeah. And that's what was shown for him. That seems to be the way they're going. Because a lot of the fights in Judgment are not as hyper, like, fucking weird as uh, Yakuza is. Because mm-hmm. Judgment's the more serious, realistic one. But it's still cool kung fu movie hype shit. Whereas Yakuza gets fucking wild. And then Like a Dragon is like, all right, so it's an RPG because Ichiban's a fucking nerd. Mm-hmm. So he's going to see some nerd shit. Like when you have to go, there's literally a Pokedex in the game. 
I forget the name of it, but you literally like you literally fight by picking the the professor makes you fight a red shirt guy, a blue shirt guy, and a green shirt guy. And surprise, surprise, the blue shirt guy's attribute is water. Mm-hmm. Red shirt guy's fire, and you get what I'm going with this. Yeah. So and then you can literally go. It's called oh, it's called the Suji decks because you have to go fight the Sujimon. And yeah, it's literally because Ichiban is an art. He's an RPG nerd, so everything is in that context. It's so cool. Uh, gave me an idea for a game that'll never exist. Hell I want to yeah. see a Yakuza style Oyashimon game. Ooh, that'd be cool. Honestly, I'm kind of like I was thinking about this the other day. I really think if you gave uh, like Chainsaw Man to to anyone platinum or rgg i think i'd do it i think grasshopper could make a pretty good actually no yeah that would work i have the thing is they'd get it the thing is that i i would love again once the anime comes out and this becomes the hugest shit you man you better there will be a game it has to be i hope to god it's good yeah the tokyo ghoul game is awful i I, he could be the next one punch man okay Now, now I don't want it to get an anime. <laughs> That's what we got to get. Ugh. Hopefully it'll be like Ninja Storm where it's, it's good. At least bare want, bones. I just want the next jump game to have Dingy and fucking Dingy, Asta, Deku, uh, Doran, Doran Dora. Yeah, they could make some really interesting moves with them. But yeah. Um, well, I mean, we still have we have a year till Final Fantasy 16, so we got a while ways away to see it, but I think it's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, but this state of play has confirmed, at least in my head, my head canon is God of War is not coming out this year. Yeah. At all. I this would have been the place to announce or show anything of it if it was, because later on in the year it's gonna be way too late. Yeah, because they can't show it off in like August and say, well, it's in October. Yeah. It's uh, it's too big of a game for them to do that. Yeah, that's that needs its marketing put. Well, not really needs it, but like they they're going to do it. Yeah, is basically the thing. Yeah. So I I truly think God of War is next year, and I hate saying that because I really want this fucking sequel. Ragnarok looks hype, but yeah, it is what it is. So yeah, I'd uh I'd say I'd say I'm hyped for sixteen. Um. It kind of in the same way, not the same way I was hyped for 15. 15, I had 10 years to wait for. Uh, I'm hyped for 16 kind of the same way that I was hyped for Devil May Cry 5, where I wasn't waiting so long, but I know some people were. Yeah. And like 16 to me is like, this is going to be a good action game. I can feel it. But like, I don't, I personally don't need to see more. Although I will say this is, this seems to be heading into that dark fantasy and I would not be surprised if it goes M. Yeah, I, I definitely think it will with all these uh, red and black well, things did, they're did, doing did you see the the that little scene of uh our main character and a girl in bed no i didn't see that part that, there's gonna be some sex apparently hell yeah i love by the way okay so anyone who goes to the two best friends play subreddit i love that capcom is like confirmed that like nobody has sex in the resident evil universe <laughs> whereas final fantasy goes no people fuck yeah like cloud and tifa under the high wind they fucked cecil oh, he has a kid so he fucked like snow, snow fucks. Snow abso- in thirteen, snow absolutely fucks. I don't know if lightning does. She doesn't seem like that's her thing, but snow for sure fucks. Fang absolutely fucks. Yeah. 
Uh, Vanille, I don't. I, she's too sweet. I don't. I don't. I, I think she's too innocent. Uh, but like, no. Final Fantasy characters absolutely fuck. Yeah. Jacked. Jacked fucks. Jacked fucks for sure. I I love that. That's a thing that we're because like Capcom was like, no, no, no. They don't. No sex. Although Claire apparently has boyfriends. Keyword multiple. She's apparently fucking around. But if they don't fuck, she's just going on dates every day. I guess. Okay. Yeah, okay. Thanks for making it weird, Capcom. Yeah. But yeah, so... Um, State of Play was alright. I, I definitely want to... I need to see Ethan more. Ethan fucked. Oh, Ethan for sure fucked. Uh, I, don't I, mean, ca- I don't care if, I don't care if Village didn't I, I, say so. Ethan fucked Dimitrescu. I take that back. Mia fucked a dead corpse. Was it Mia or was it... What's her face? Whatever the wife's name is. Well, Nomia, but like, wasn't that just a weird like replacement of? Eight was weird. Okay, <laughs> wasn't wasn't uh Mother Miranda like technically in Mia's body, and they did, and that was but it's still the thing. But, but no, she replaced Mia at the uh, like after Ethan's like military training or something. She replaced her because she kept her in the village in the cage. Okay, so some uh, some demonstrous fuck happened with a pile of fungus and a baby was made. That's all I know. Well, because Ethan is the pile of fungus, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's alive. It counts. Yeah, I mean, it's still weird. It's Resident Evil. Yeah. But I mean, hey, I love that we all. I love. I love that that technically confirms that Ethan, the himbo dipshit. Is is the only one who is fucked out of out of all of the other dudes and girls in Resident Evil. Leon doesn't know what sex is. Chris for sure doesn't know what sex is. Although he wants the Redfield bloodline to continue with Leon. Yeah. Uh, that's my favorite end joke. Is Chris like barging into Leon's room, being like, "Leon, fuck my sister. <laughs> continue the Redfield bloodline." Jesus. But like, I lo- I love that like Ethan is the one confirmed. I fuck. Yeah. We don't even know what that motherfucker looks like. I mean, well, we do, but, you know. I mean, from data mines and stuff, I think it would be really funny if, like, in the next game, they have a picture of Ethan, like, on a nightstand or something, and his face is just like a Mario mushroom because he's been fungus the whole time. <laughs> I think I'm going to look it up real quick. Cause they they put out a full, like, face of who, what Ethan Winters looks like. Yeah, he's got a full character model. Yeah, give he's, me uh, one second. He's like bright blonde with blue eyes. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is uh, this is Ethan Winters. Yep. He definitely looks uh, generic. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love that this is how they were using him before, where they're like, we don't know what he looks like. Yeah. But it's like very clear he's generic white guy number five. With the comb, with like the fucking like faded kind of you know white person hair. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a windbreaker. That's all I needed to know to know that. <laughs> I like him though. I, th- I thought he was. I thought as a, as a protagonist, like especially a first person protagonist in seven, I thought he was cool and he he shined in eight. Yeah, definitely. Like even in seven, he has like little jokey moments that make him who he is, and they really just carried that over to eight. I'm really excited. I hope I can get a VR too. I'm, but I want to play that. I'm actually excited for Nine because Nine's gonna be his daughter, right? It seems. Uh, I mean, it seems that way. Watch the trailer. You start as his daughter, but Ethan comes back because the fungus won't leave. I mean, yeah, that. I'm sure that's probably gonna be a plot point. 
but uh, I'm still waiting for Revelations 3. Where the fuck is that game? <laughs> like, I feel everything. Well, to be fair, that one was never announced. It was leaked. So yeah. we, that was that's on us, I guess, because we can't blame Capcom for not announcing it too soon because it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, it, yeah. All in all, pretty decent. I think Xbox has got to come with some shit, which apparently there was a rumor or someone uh, leaked like a, 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 a email that said every major studio has to show gameplay at this next event. Damn. So whatever whatever games are shown apparently has to be gameplay. I think... Which, if that's the case, lit. We've said it before, but I think Xbox at this summer event is probably going to blow it out of the fucking water. I'm expecting Avowed, Hellblade, Starfield, and Redfall for sure. I, I desperately want to see Fable. I hope Fable, but I don't think we're going to see it yet. Yeah. Um, which apparently people were getting really pissy because they're like, there was a rumored leak that apparently Fable had to be like downscaled for its scope. And people were like, what though? It's in trouble. And then someone had to come out and be like, no, every game does that. Yeah. You guys just found out this happened to Fable. And he's like, trust me, we've done it for both Horizon uh, 4 and 5. And, and the dude went on to, and like people were people were coming out of the woodwork saying yeah no this happened to Last of Us too, like every game that you see I can see why that would have to be for the Last of Us well like everything you see like the planning stages you start to do things you go ah cool cut that cut that cut that yeah because that's too much work it's gonna be too much when yeah you so like get down to the guaranteed grade. every game you have played has probably had its scope cut down so I was never worried when that rumor was going around because I was like I right, fuck it that seems like generic game development. So speaking of The Last of Us, they've been working on this remake for a hot minute now. Do you think we could see a trailer for that this year? Uh, I think the last rumor I read was that they had supposed to go out this year. Oh, fuck, yeah. That's, well, that's why, that's why when at first when the Resident Evil logo was popping up and it's the R, I somehow thought it was going to be The Last of Us because of the guitar. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh so they're starting here. Then it spelled Resident I was like, oh, cool. Got it. I mean, they. what I really want from that game is for the gameplay to be two's gameplay. Yep. And redesign the areas to fit more with that. Like, add in some higher grass in some areas that you can crouch in. The thing that gets me is Joel in one is already a badass. Yeah. Now we get to see that shit more? Yeah. So like, much bloodier. That's the like, thing is is two, like, two Ellie. Like, that. I, I was talking to someone else about this, and I was like, all right, Last of Us 2 Ellie versus Last of Us 1 Joel, and it was like Ellie probably, yeah, realistically. But if you put Last of Us 2 or Last of Us 1 Joel with Last of Us 2 gameplay, he will murder every <laughs> single person that exists. Yeah. They, so, like, I, I'm just imagining that torture scene that oh, he has fuck. when Ellie goes missing in the first game. That's going to be fucking brutal. I am so hyped. Like, that's I, that's been my biggest thing of Sarah's not... death. Oh, the tears are gonna be real. <laughs> I'm not ready for it again, man. Like that's been my one thing of not replaying Last of Us One is because I'm gonna have that replay be the remaster. I replayed it over and over and over again because it was the first game I had on my PS4, and on my subsequent replays, that was the only scene that I skipped. <laughs> Cause it's sad. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking awful. <laughs> like, dog, we see Sarah for like fucking ten minutes, and I'm already like, fuck, I must protect this girl, and then immediately it's like, oh, here she goes. And you're like, fuck. Yeah. It's so sad, dude. Oh, I don't know if I'll be able to deal with that in high definition. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here, you're I'm gonna you're gonna call me like, what's good, Luke? I'm gonna, <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> it's way worse. 
that one I will probably pick up on day one because I, I yeah I'm such a big fan of The Last of Us. I really want to get all the comics and everything, but all that like merchandise and stuff from the first. How game, do you how do you think Ellie and Dinah's relationship is going to be with three? Because I don't think they have a relationship. I was going to say because that's the point was that like Ellie literally got the happy ending, but her her quest for revenge was was more. And I, so she left that happiness to kill Abby. Mm-hmm. And then she comes back to the empty house, which hit so fucking hard for me. But, um, I mean, in Dinah's place, what the fuck were you supposed to do? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, of course. Like, Oh, the girl that I love obviously doesn't care enough to stay. I can't be here. So yeah, she packed it up and left. Makes mm-hmm. sense. So I, my big thing is for the last of us three, there's so much stuff they could do to me. I feel like they have to do a trilogy. I, and then if they want to do another game, just somewhere else in the world with yeah. a new protagonist, new, whatever, because that's what I wanted last was two to be was I thought one story was perfect. You don't need to do anything else. Give me a new person, but they're like, no, it's Ellie again. So here we go. Well, that's, I think that kind of ties into how they wrote the story is that, they couldn't really do that because of the people that were like, Oh, I need to see what happens with Joel. And then again, and that's, that's my biggest thing is I don't hate Joel's death. Yeah. I hate where it was in the story. Yeah. I, I hate, cause my thing is I understand the way they were telling the story, but it feels disjointed when I learn why Ellie doesn't like Joel now when I should have like later when I should have learned it like here, I think and then it's like it's the way they position the story because like when you actually put the story in a chronological order, I'm like, fuck, this is great. I think all of that could have been fixed by the opening like prologue chapter. You just play as Abby. Like they they find out okay, you, you know her group is trying yeah. to get to Jackson. You play a little bit of that, and then the part where she gets overrun and saved by Joel, that would have been so much more of like a shock and like oh my fucking god. And then when she kills him. Then you make the switch over to Ellie. That would have been so much more impactful, I think. I think it would have hurt more because, well, because then you could, you oh, Joel's dead. And then you start Ellie and Ellie's story starts where she's still with Joel. So you you literally play Ellie and Abby in a way where they get to each other's level. And then it becomes the revenge story. I think that would have been great. I, I think, and again, the story itself is great. I, it's personal me. I subjectively, I wish it was told slightly differently in a different order. I mean, I, I, I agree. I like everything that happens, but if you switched it up a little bit, it could have been like absolutely perfect. Yeah. And again, as, as a game, solid 10 out of 10 wouldn't, I would recommend it to everyone. If you played the first one, um, if you haven't played the first one, fucking go do that. Yeah, um, definitely. It is. I, in my opinion, last of us one, is is like the required reading if you want to get into video games yeah i mean honestly like that game when i got it my mom doesn't play many games anymore but she watched me play through the entire thing because she was like oh this is like a movie Uh, speaking of that how do you think the hbo show is going to be i am pretty worried about it (laughs) we got pedro pascal as joel i'm kind of cool with yeah fucking fantastic casting love that shit but um, I, I'm worried about the visual effects and the scale of it. And mm-hmm. if if it's going to be like Halo, then keep that shit away from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's it sucks because like like the Halo series. It's funny. I'm gonna show you the thing that I found, but it it feels like it was a Mass Effect script. 
Yeah. I'm going to show you the, the thing where it, like, it says, see the Mass Effect differences, and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> my, and someone just threw Halo on it. What I hope for The Last of Us show is that it it follows the plot of the game, and then there are, <clears throat> there are vast gaps in that story where it's like, okay, they're traveling. Show me what happens there. Interject some things. Like, there's one part of the game where they run into a two brothers that are yeah. also like on a journey. I want more stuff like that in the show, but I also want it to hit the same story beats. My thing with it is, is to me, if, if you, unlike the uncharted movie where it doesn't even tell the story of the games and it isn't going to tell the story of the games, you gotta, the last of us show should be okay. This is for people who just don't play video games. Mm -hmm. Here's a way you can experience the story. Yeah. And if it's if they change it up to fit, you know, Hollywood or whatever the fuck, I don't care. You've to me the uh, then it's not the Last of Us. Yeah. So yeah, I'm worried about it. I definitely am going to at least watch it at first for Pedro. Yeah. So like, like I'm, yeah, I'm very excited to see him in that role. So and it's gonna be really interesting to see him be this ruthless fucker because he's such a nice guy. <laughs> so, but yeah. Anything else, BJ, or are we good to end this one here? I think we're we're good to go. There's nothing left to say today. All right. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, next time you hear us, well, hopefully I'll be in a new spot. So um, thanks for the listen, guys. Follow us on Instagram, SideQuest underscore podcast. You can find mine and BJ's Instagrams through that. Um, and as always, take it sleazy. <laughs>